this is one of the deepest conversations i ever had and i personally feel a person should have intelligence maturity and be in a right space to make a conversation as such and today my guest varsha is such a person that whose thought process is one that i really admire and the way she kinds her draw conclusions leaves me spellbounded all the time this is anirudh talk of thought we'll start right about hello varsha thanks for coming in the podcast hey anirudh thanks for having me yeah how are you doing yeah i am okayish okay that was a weird yeah. answer yeah i i think that's how always i respond to people because i think people kind of expect answers like i am fine i'm great <laughs> but then i'm usually not fine or usually not great so yeah okay so we will talk about this you know in middle of the podcast why don't you tell about yourself yeah. to the listeners oh yeah sure um i am varsha and i am doing my masters in literature i have done my uh, undergrad in psychology I think that is all there is to know about me. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, I was always told that you know all the smart and intelligent people go in the science background, and whenever we don't yeah. get good grade in tenth, right, they will be like, okay, fine, yeah. you should take this commerce, psychology, yeah. or this arts part. And yeah. I personally feel like you're like one of the smartest person I met in the college. Okay. And I thought I'm you would. I'm a very ordinary just... person, but thank you. Oh, yeah, you're being humble, but it's fine. So why don't you tell a little perspective and like a little thing like the things about psychology like any facts or mm-hmm. anything like mm-hmm. what psychology is all about Yeah sure So I think um usually I think why people pick up sciences over arts is more of a thing to do with economics or job opportunity yeah. and I don't think it has to do anything with smartness or uh, that one subject is in one many ways better than this subject or Agreed. every subject is unique you know yeah like every every stream is interrelated and stuff like that yeah. so um but um yeah people have this so i just want to uh, you know bust this uh, biggest myth of psychology that uh, we read minds or we just walk into the room and we know that this is what this person is thinking that is not what psychologists do at all uh, i don't think there is any subject in the world which ha- which uh, you know uh, helps you in reading somebody's mind so psychology as a definition is basically the study of human and animal behavior oh all okay. right animals animals in sense like you can like you know understanding their behavior to like you know the dogs or all yeah, the right. domestic yeah um, right we all we all know this uh, uh, ivan pavlov uh, dog experiment right you know the dog bell conditioning yeah, uh, yeah, the dog yeah, salivary yeah, yeah. yeah that one yeah or how chimpanzees um, you know uh, understanding the intellect of chimpanzees yeah they um, even tried to teach it the language right uh, uh, exactly sign language yeah. they try that yeah and yeah, um, yeah. then yeah so like what are the like important parts like for example if someone wants to get in psychology what are the important parts they get over it like you know the layers i don't understand the question like why like why did you get into psychology okay. and uh, what are the areas that you were really interested in like I think, that I can think, give you thrill yeah so um i think um, the reason why i got into psychology is because i struggled with depression so i think i just wanted to understand it better and um, 
apart from that i think human mind is fascinating in itself you know <clears throat> i don't remember who said this but somebody said right like uh, there are two mysteries in the universe um one is universe in itself and the other one is brain and we haven't yet decoded both completely yeah so yeah um and the parts of psychology you know the um, there are various types of psychologies it's not like uh, there is abnormal psychology where you study mental illness there is geo psychology where you study how a climate can affect a person um so th- there is this uh, recent uh, study that you know because of climate change there is a possibility that schizophrenia or um, bipolar disorder could affect uh, people in more numbers oh, that but is geo psychology th- those yeah. uh, those disorders are mostly genetic right uh yeah they are uh, they are genetic but um okay let me say it this way so people are prone to these disorders but people who have um it in them through their families they are uh, much more um, vulnerable okay. to the disorders so okay, that's how it. it is okay. yeah yeah and then um, there is body psychology you know body psychology is not like um, you know um, it's it's not like uh, looking at your body movements or uh, looking at your facial expression it's more than that so usually there is something called as uh, somatic disorder um, in psychology and what that is uh, so there is nothing physically wrong with your organ okay mm. there is nothing physically wrong with your heart or physically wrong with your spine but then you keep you know um i uh, got it you, you keep assuming or you feel that you have some problem exactly that happens exactly. with kids right like they feel that they have some pain or like they have yeah. fever but they yeah. don't actually go through yeah exactly now that is body psychology and so it runs on this principle that you know when you end up having some traumatic um, experience or something like that hmm. usually your emotions uh, uh, i don't know wherever they come from uh, let's just say that your mind is i don't know uh, how you uh, i am not very sure but it is said that the emotions are trapped inside the body like you know even inside the tissue for example let me say it this way sometimes you cry and you feel this choke in your uh, neck or you feel this heaviness in your heart uh, i got it yeah when the yeah. cry goes so intense and you start like you know heavily breathing and that time exactly deep. exactly so body psychology basically deals with that it deals with these so- somatic pains which do not exist i mean uh, what i mean it's uh, which do, which do not come out of the result of a, a physical problem but mm-hmm. are manifestation of um, a mental um, you know i don't know uh, mental almost abnormal oh. behaviors or something like that oh god not abnormal like sometimes you're anxious and then you feel this um, nauseating uh, thing in your stomach so yeah that's it oh. oh so yeah. when a person st- like you know go like you studied psychology by yourself when a person does masters in it and then they can become psychiatrist right uh say that again after a person does his master in psychology yeah he can uh, he can become he can practice psychiatric no 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 it's not like that oh. so um psychology is anybody from any stream can get into psychology you might have done your btech and then mm. you can get you can do a diploma in psychology mm. and then you can do a masters and then you can do phd and become a psychologist but psychiatry is when you have an mbbs degree okay and yeah and psych- and psychiatrists more like they treat the chemical imbalances in your mind and 
they are the only people who can um, prescribe medicines psychologists cannot do that they don't have the knowledge to do that oh. and uh, psychiatrists most of the psychiatrists don't have um, the knowledge to do the theory part oh. you know to counsel you okay yeah. so, so the main part of psychologist is like you know like as a counselor like they yes are yes. they kind of more like you know this motivational speaker type no they are not um, i i don't think that motivational speakers understand uh, the psyche of human being um and whereas psychologists are rigorously trained in understanding i mean like let's just say that um the difference between motivational speaker and psychologist could be something like let's just say you're depressed hmm. okay so hmm. motivational speaker might say something like shake it off bro you can do it psychologist hmm. won't approach that problem in that way psychologist will tell you something like okay how long have you been feeling this and then <clears throat> so it's like uh, do you know that russian doll you open one doll and there is another doll inside you open no. another doll there is another oh. small doll inside okay no first time i'm hearing it about the russian okay doll. so usually there is this russian doll okay like it's a wooden doll it's cut in half hmm. so uh, you open it and there is a miniature doll exactly the same of the first one you open it and there is another miniature doll so it's like you know there are almost some seven layers of dolls or something like that till the smallest oh. one okay? okay now psychology is something like that you are one person you wear this one facade so what hmm. a psychologist does is to peel one layer then peel another layer you know is he gets to the vulnerable point of you yeah oh, got it they will just go yeah. through like ask you different questions and come to the right point where you become like you know tell them what it is actually exactly so because the problem is not you know um a, a lot of people um so usually we have this concept in psychology that anger shame and sadness they are three sisters Okay? Oh, okay so if there is anger then there is probably hurt or probably shame or oh. all the three and oh. if there is shame then there is anger and hurt so you know a person might walk into the room and he he might he might just show that you know this person insulted me i'm so angry at him now oh. we peel the angry part and then we go to this why are you angry and he said he, he might say i felt humiliated so oh. that is the shame part we peel that out and then we go to the sadness part so why do you why do you think this has particularly affected you and then he might say because you know i did not expect this person to treat me in this way okay <clears throat> yeah that's God. it oh got it so oh got it so it's more like uh, psychiatrists deal with more probably like chemical imbalances in your head yeah. where uh, where a person goes so that he didn't do anything like there is no external pressure on him but it it just uh, he gets a sickness like a body gets sick the mind gets sick and psychiatrists deal with that there are yeah, psychologists exactly. main work is with like when something happens externally to you like someone yeah. says you something and everyone's uh, everyone's mental health is subjective like everyone goes through different things and with psychologists it's more like they talk to you and understand the part and try to solve the problem in that yeah, way yeah so yeah so usually psychologists and psychiatrists work together because oh. you know it it just won't happen it just won't happen the psychologist so usually there are antidepressants so oh. let's just say that you're de- you're depressed so um psychologists will refer the case to psychiatrists when an attempt of suicide has been made or when they think that the case is extremely serious so mm. what they do is they take them to the psychiatrist now mm. a psychiatrist what he does is he gives you antidepressants if you are depressed 
so it will elate your mood if you're extremely sad but then it will just elate your mood temporarily you have to there is core issue which is troubling you right yeah. um uh, breakup i guess um um so now it's the work of psychologists to make you accept the part of that breakup you know that this particular person is no longer in your life that is this one's part and till that part um till that happens till you um you know settle with your emotions mm. because um, there is Sigmund Freud is regarded as the father of psychology and he says this particular thing that unexpressed emotions come mm. out in uglier ways so you wow. know this pain it comes out as anger or it comes out as anxiety so mm. now uh, to keep those things in control works a psychiatrist that mm. is um to keep those symptoms um now the problem is this and psychologist deals with the problem and oh. the symptoms are the manifestation of the problem you got, got it yeah now i understood it yeah now yeah. i understood the you know the psychiatrist and psychologist part yeah. and the person yeah. you quoted sigmund freud i heard a lot about him and he is the one right dealing with our unconscious mind like he was the i guess yeah. he is the first person who got this theory of like you know subconscious mind and unconscious mind yeah. and there are un, like desires that we don't even know that exist Yes 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 can you tell about him like any facts or anything yeah so sigmund freud is um i think he's from uh, vienna not really i don't sure. know i'm not sure yeah, about I'm, yeah so he is regarded as the father of modern psychology and um he is he was actually a neurologist and then uske baad yeah uh uske baad he gets into this back then in those days women who behaved abnormally were classified uh, categorized as hysteria men weren't categorized as that because you know again of the biases um, that okay. aggressive behavior is fine with men and stuff like that um there was again a lot of uh, bias in the field but he used to his his primary patients were basically women um so um he did hypnosis for for a, for some time he did hypnosis and uske baad he says that you know hypno uh, this is not how you treat a uh, patient he himself cancels cancels hypnosis is that way like you know you try to control others mind through using a, you know the coin and the try to no it's to... not about trying to control the mind here in psychology hmm. it's more like about you um it could be a coin or it could be some sound and then you just in, induce the people into a trance and then you tell them to bring those memories uh, which are repressed you know that there, there are three stages of mind conscious subconscious and unconscious yeah so in unconscious you have no idea what exists um and it is said that it's the glacier theory you know only one seventh the brain that you know the brain that is um awoke you know uh, yeah, is conscious yeah it's just one seventh six seventh uh, you know six by seventh of the part is basically subconscious and unconscious wow yeah so one part is the conscious brain and six parts is six parts of the brain is basically the brain that you don't know hmm. all by yourself okay. so yeah now hypnosis tries to bring some memories from these um unconscious part and um so freud was basically a revolution in this particular thing because um you know it was during the 18th 19th century i guess yeah okay. it was during the 19th century and during that time there was a lot of victorian morale around sex but uh, you know freud kind of like he broke through all of them he uh, he did not see it as sacred or anything like that and then um he just he just gave this amazing um 
his his knowledge was considered back then taboo because it bases itself on you know parts of it base itself on sex and then yeah. there is this pleasure or pain p- principle that he talks about he oh, what, says what, that yeah okay tell about that yeah, principle yeah exactly i am so he says that you know human beings act either for they act to gain pleasure or avoid pain okay okay so yeah that is basically uh, the minimum of it like uh, to put it in a, in a brief way but he goes on to say talk about defense mechanisms like for example um let's just say that something is happening okay something mm. bad has happened so there are these uh, myriad of emotions that you're dealing with mm. and human mind is um you know we all don't want to deal with these emotions uh, somehow uh, unconsciously or in some way because they're extremely they choke hold you they i mean they suffocate you so mm. now he says that he gives almost like 10 or 11 defense mechanisms and mm. he says that this is how people deal you know mm. you just don't know it that you're using that these even exist but this is how you deal Oh. one is intellectualization okay can i mm. can i give an example of it Would yeah, you yeah. want me to give an example yeah 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 no. give it give it yeah so one is intellectualization so he says that usually what happens uh, you know usually what happens is that somebody bullies you okay mm. let's just take it mm. me and my friend we used to use this a lot mm. so somebody bullies you so i just go to him and then i go like um uh i just go to him and then i go like you know this bullying thing happened to me and then he goes like yeah this also happened to me um and then what we do is that rather than talking about how we felt or something like that what we do is why do you think people bully yeah oh. so bullying has nothing to do with us it has more with how they see themselves but you know we intellectualize the issue yeah. and we don't get in touch with our emotions at all mm-hmm. so that is one um, this and the other one is uh, it is called as repression or regression so that is where you close your feelings in a lid you don't let them come out at all you don't feel them at all oh yeah so these are a couple of defense mechanisms which freud talks about and which people 100% use oh wow like you yeah got it like there are some times where you try to justify the problem and try to not uh, address it very casually and second yeah. is like you just try to repress it like not talk about it like yeah almost almost like you know uh, almost like erase it from your memory or something it's there but you don't think about it you don't oh. bring yourself to think about it or something like that you you repress the emotions completely oh yeah you don't feel them at all you push them under a box you don't feel them at all yeah. and he is the one right like who talked who spoke about our dreams and how the dreams interpretation oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yes yes um his other uh, ground breaking work is interpretation of dreams yeah, yeah. yeah. I, i i when i remember like it's more about uh, things that we don't tell to others or the repressed uh, desires would come in the form of our dreams am i correct this is what like uh yeah i think um i am actually not very i did not acquaint myself with his work interpretation of dreams so okay. i don't i don't think i can you know tell you anything about that but um yeah yeah so but and he it, does say it so he basically divides the mind into three parts okay yeah. um super ego ego and id so now he says that id is basically um you know the the savage part the barbaric part okay mm. it wants pleasure right away 
and it doesn't listen to anybody to conventions or anything it's the impulsive part okay. and then there is a uh, super ego which is like which is the topmost part and it's like it works completely on morality it goes like oh my god this is not accepted in society we are not supposed to do it mm. now it wants it right now and super ego is like we cannot do it so ego is like the part which negotiates with both of them oh. so ego goes like dude we can have it but only to this certain degree or something like that and he does say that um you know our dreams could be manifestation of our it's that is uh, desires or something like that yeah oh, oh got it because uh, of super ego and ego there are some filters added and there are few things that you can't do in a society exactly. so you exactly. probably don't express it too because of the defense yes. mechanism that we spoke earlier yes. and a yes. person gets it in the form of dreams like yes all yes. Yes. get yes. together yeah yes. now i got it. and was he inspired by any other work or like he was the first pioneer of his field yes so i he was i considerably every this is what i have realized hmm. considerably every great person uh, from the west be it psychologists or be it philosophers hmm. like a philosophy is something i'm extremely interested in hmm. they were all influenced by greece very hmm. much um so um even sigmund freud was influenced by it but he was also influenced by another philosopher called as nietzsche um so um yeah i will draw i will draw one parallel between them hmm. is that all right yeah it's yeah. fine yeah so uh, sigmund freud um says that you know uh, athens that is greece capital back then yeah. 2500 years ago yeah. he says that before the civilization was established there you know uh, before athens was established if you dig like um, if you dig one layer where um, you will find you might you might find their athens stones you know mm. stones which were used during the period of um, athens okay. and if you dig a little deep you will find um i don't know uh, stones which are 3000 year old because uh, athens is like 2500 year old you will find 3000 year old you will find 4000 year old if you dig a little deep now uh, i forgot to tell you um, sigmund freud was extremely interested in archaeology oh. he once made a statement that i don't think i am as good of a psychologist as i am of an archaeologist and he is the martin father of modern psychology so you can imagine how good he could be at archaeology yeah, he is like a polymath like he is into archaeology he is into exactly. psychology and he also studied science literature yeah, and um yeah so um he says that this is how your mind is you know uh, your my your memories are built upon the ruins of other memories and that does not mean that these memories are completely ruined it just means that you forgot them but you can pull them out you oh. can yeah and i think um this particular idea was partly inspired from nietzsche hmm. who is an amazing who is a genius i mean i don't think if um i i, I think we have seen very few minds like nietzsche's mind so wow. nietzsche this is just um this is just uh, you know i'm just paraphrasing one little paragraph of his hmm. and i'm not getting into the theory okay fine but nietzsche says that uh, you know you see human evolution right hmm. i mean hmm. um let's talk about the physical evolution of human okay. he says that we still have you know we we have a tailbone if you see we don't have tail but we have a tailbone you mm. know almost kya bolte hain you know a very subtle um evolved i don't know yeah, a tailbone it. yeah 
uh, and then he says that we still have body hair um so he we he says that we are products of uh, historical evolution right from the point of you know uh, homo sapiens and homo neanderthals mm. if i'm not wrong i think that is how you pronounce it yeah, yeah. um yeah so he he uh, he says that if if we he says that we humans are layers of histories of evolution our body is a history of evolution you know mm. um and he says that just like our body is a history of evolution our our minds are also histories of evolution we carry at least little aspects right from the point of the primitive life oh wow you got it yeah got yeah. it like from our ancestors yeah That's like right from uh, right from those people you know uh, who drew the first ke- sketches in the first cave mm-hmm. so just like our body carries the physical evolution he says that we also carry the psychological evolution and i wow. think this idea is what freud carries into his um, you know unconscious and all that wow yeah and even the nietzsche's work like it's uh, it's probably it's like the greatest work that he did and like his book beyond good and evil and the yeah. the spoke the th- th- spoke of zarathustra right yeah so spoke zarathustra uh, yes yeah yes. yeah the, those two works on the basis of that a lot of philosophers and even hitler was inspired from his work and he justified it through nietzsche's work right yeah it's just so sad um nietzsche kind of like sort of predicted it you know he said that every work hmm. you know every genius work can fall prey to you know people like hitler Uh, yeah. can fall prey to false means and it's just so sad that um hitler used it so in third book zarathustra what happens is that um you know this zarathustra is like a prophet who comes from the skies who descends mm. from the sky and mm. there is this in during hitler there was this hitler propaganda film and even that hitler comes from an airplane you know oh got He, it yeah and uh, so it's um there is this concept of ubermensch ubermensch as in you know superman or overman or something oh, like it's that. his ideal man the yes, nietzsche's ideal, ideal man, man. nietzsche and it's just so sad that he hitler takes this concept and he corrupts it completely and he justifies the killings of jew with this oh my God. yeah that yeah. that's true and even he used like uh, it it's also because uh, uh, nietzsche's sister used his work right like yes, he was yes, the one yes. who was like uh, who supported hitler and that's how he justified his actions even more yes i don't know she is i, I don't know she is a complete i don't know she's a i don't know what to use but um, yeah so she believed in aryan supremacy and uh, she and her, her 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 husband wanted to create this aryan country uh, for themselves somewhere mm. in the north mm. and um so she was extremely um, you know influenced by hitler and uh, she gave him nietzsche's staff she gave him nietzsche's works uh, so nietzsche the last 11 years of his life he lived as a uh, he lived in a mental asylum losing his able, uh, capabilities to think you know pretty much to act yeah and um this woman he took all of his works and she corrupted it with antisemitism that is hate against the jews and uh, oh my god it's a lot of corruption yeah is there like even yeah the the story of nietzsche is prob- it, it's uh, you know it's more deep and intense as we just go into it the way oh, yeah he- it's beautiful yeah 
Yeah, and Nietzsche was also influenced by um, Greek, by the way. There is this god, I know you, I'm sure you know know him, Dionysus, the god of wine. You yeah. must have read Percy Jackson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I read Percy Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I know. So I have to tell you this, entire philosophy springs from Dionysus. <coughs> and in fact, drama springs from Dionysus. Um, you know, literature may. So, uh, yeah, that particular God, you have to read about him. He is extremely influential and um, Nietzsche is so influenced by him. He says that I am the devotee of Dionysus or something like that. Yeah. I, I read, I, when I'm like, I, when I'm, whichever book I read, his part was not that much, but the way you described, I feel like yeah, I should go read more about it. Oh, no, you totally have to read it because philosophy is born out of his cult. Um, I mean, his, his cult is extremely raw, but hmm. um, yeah, philosophy is born out of it. And also, uh, like I said, um, literature has um, its roots again in Dionysus' cult. Hmm. Um, and um, yeah, so I we in drama, we use goat as a symbol to... Um, you know, drama, the ancient Greeks used it. And okay. the reason um, why they used it is because of Dionysus again. So, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Is, is there any other philosopher or psychologist that you, you know, fell in love with or like would like to talk? Yeah. So, there is just, um, because we're talking about unconscious, there is one more idea that I would like to connect hmm. and that yeah. is of Carl Jung. Okay. So, um, Carl Jung is a student of Sigmund Freud. Wow. Uh, but after some time, they split you know um, yeah so Carl Jung has this idea he has an he has an amazing idea again he develops on the idea of unconscious mm. and he says that there is collective unconscious that is this collective unconscious you find in every individual okay mm. and now what he does is he comes to, he arrives to that point uh, by talking about the mythology of every other country, you know, of the East and of the West. Now, he draws parallels like this. Now, let's take uh, the story of Bhima or Hanuman and let's take the story of Hercules. Okay. okay? Hmm. Yeah. Now, um, what Carl Jung says is that both the people, you know, both um, Hercules and Bhima, they both are demigods. Hmm. Right? Yeah. 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 So, True. yeah. Exactly. And now he says that, um, this, um, and then he says that um, Hanuman, Bhima, and also Hercules, hmm. at a young age, they lose their powers. Hanuman also loses, yeah. uh, if you remember. Uh, and I then, know. yeah, and then these heroes are sent on to quest. You hmm. know, um, all, all the three are sent on to quest. Hmm. And then uh, Hercules, um, you know, does these great feats over there. And then there comes this one point where Hanuman self-doubts. Hercules also self doubts. You know, Hanuman does that when he's about to jump to <laughs> Lanka. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, got it. Yeah, so what um, Carl Jung says is that see, look at this. Look at how all these people's heroes are developing. They, there is a pattern in this. Mm. So, probably uh, he says that the smallest unit, uh, the smallest individual or the smallest idea, he calls it archetype. And mm. he says that you see that the archetype in East is very much like the archetype in West. Oh. There is a demigod, he is confused, he loses his powers, then he gains self-confidence, and then he is the hero. Hmm. And he says that this is the collective unconscious. Hmm. Yeah? Got yeah, got it. So he yeah. tries to just uh, show the similarity in both the uh, Eastern and Western philosophy. Uh, yeah, and, Western and he says that we all think the same. Deep down, we all think the same. 
got that it. is what he is trying to show uh, that, that that's completely interesting because uh, at that time when the whole uh, the main concentration in the literary works everything was shown to western side he kind of looking over the eastern and trying to compare them both uh, properly yeah. makes and, an and idea telling that both the people think just the same deep down both uh, the people have same sort of ideas both the people build same sort of characters wow that's yeah. that's interesting yeah and uh, it's starting you mentioned that right like you went through depression by yourself and yeah. that's the reason you took psychology do yeah. you want to yeah. talk about you know the depression or the any mental issues yeah sure um so when i was 14 no not actually 14 when i was 15 mm. um so i was put under uh, the uh, regular iit you know uh, institutions and that is where it hit me extremely oh. so i think um, i was put in the i don't i don't think it's correct to take the name of the institution is it okay if i take the name of the institution yeah it's fine Yeah, so we I had a podcast this... on that institution. It's fine. Yeah. You can take. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So we were put in the street, and yeah, uh, I was put there, and uh, I had to work from morning six to evening ten thirty. The only break was five to six, and uh, half an hour, half an hour, half an hour lunch breaks. That's all. So it kind of affected my psyche. Six months into first year, are you mm. listening? Yeah, I'm yeah, listening. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, six months into first year, I lost it. I completely lost it, and um. after that uh, i realized that i couldn't read so um what do you, you mean by have... couldn't read yeah so i couldn't focus okay. like there is this one sentence which was sitting in front of me on a book and mm-hmm. i didn't understand what the sentence was telling i so um i told my mother so this is a very major problem in major depressive disorders mm-hmm. you i want you to go and read virginia wolf's letter to her husband her mm-hmm. last letter after That's that so. she commits yeah suicide so she says that you know she is virginia wolf the woman who started second wave of feminism and she says that my dear husband you were all you were all loving to me but i don't know what's wrong with me i cannot read and i cannot write she is the writer we know and she says that and then we have silvia plath who is again who we a life we lost to depression again and um she at the age of 19 she thinks that she could probably never read and in fact she also loses her ability to write oh this yeah. people's special talent is itself you know writing and like you know reading exactly and, right yeah and they have gone through something like this so um i couldn't read at all i couldn't understand what the words were telling mm. um so i came to mom um, we had uh, i was uh, um, on a residential campus boarding school mm. so i came to mom and then i told her that you know something is wrong with me i i don't know i cannot i cannot uh, read i don't know what's wrong with me um then my mother said no i think she thought of it more like a ruse which i which i was making so that um, um uh, you know you can get out of excuse. the school yeah exactly excuse and then uh, she did not believe in me and i did not tell it to anybody else mm. so i just went back to the hospital and things got worse and after 8 months into the second year i think she realized that things were extremely bad with me mm. so uh these are usually the signs of depression mm. you are suicidal you you are either in extreme pain or uh, you are extremely numb you don't feel anything mm. you cannot focus uh your focus your concentration levels 
fall to the depletion of uh, to, to level that you cannot read a single sentence like i couldn't mm-hmm. and um yeah so after 8 months i did something extremely stupid i did not um, though i did have self harm tendencies i never harmed myself mm-hmm. uh, not once mm-hmm. but i did extremely stupid on the campus so um my mother uh, she just took me home and then she was trying to understand okay? okay like she couldn't i think most of the part was she was in denial because she did not want me uh, to end up with mental illness there was stigma there is stigma around it okay so um um so one day i just this is like the most painful moment of my life so one day i just she was asking me what's wrong karke and i i was telling she was unable to uh, understand mm-hmm. so i just threw a book down on the floor i knelt by his side and i started crying i am the intelligent right how is it that i cannot understand what this sentence is saying mm-hmm. so i think she was scared she took me to a psychiatrist and then um so they diagnosed me, me with bipolar disorder type 2 there are oh. two types in bipolar disorder oh, what is bipolar disorder yeah so it's basically um bipolar disorder is one of uh, the major depressive disorders mm. yeah, it is in fact the major depressive disorder uh, apart from schizophrenia mm. so it's basically a mood disorder and like the name suggests it's like two poles mm. you're either extremely happy or you're either extremely depressive now type 1 is basically it changes from days okay three mm. days you're happy three days you're sad now um not sad you're depressive okay uh, three days you're manic three days you're depressive mm. and now type 2 is like you're manic for a stretch of months okay. i am usually manic like for three or four months and oh. then uske baad i am depressive depressed for like three or four months oh. um so usually people tell me that i am also happy um you know i am also happy i also feel down ups and lows mm. uh, how how is it that you are bipolar and how is it that i am not bipolar mm. first things first these emotions of aggression happiness sadness is everybody feels it ani and you know you're not human if you don't feel these yes, i mean true. yeah but the problem with disorders is that mm. the amount you feel is extremely aggravated like um you know this manic phase where we are euphoric it's hmm. compared it's also called as lsd because we behave like people who have taken lsd drug oh that's like yeah. when you get super high and like super exactly. happy right exactly yes and there is this flight of ideas it's called as flight of ideas where you know my mind is so happy that there are so many ideas crashing hmm. and um there is just so much of energy and uh, you know because of the happiness and because of the energy and because of the euphoria hmm. i feel irritated and i feel exhausted oh. i don't think that is what happiness feels for a normal human being yeah. but this is what it does to me and um the sadness the depression is again um you know it's not something i can shake off uh, supposed to be in my case uh, let's just say that some some triggering event happened mm. then i'm just sad for months i don't speak um i don't uh, as in you know i i, I don't even speak like a normal per- person does i am i only speak when it is at most important Oh. or something like that and all those 3 4 months i am like i'm on the verge of breakdown so you you have to i don't know uh, if a person just comes and hugs me or if he just not just me a little more i probably will have a breakdown because you know i am i am dealing with a depressive phase i um my appetite is you know 
symptoms differ from different people okay got it yeah yeah so somebody lose their appetite somebody lose their sleep hmm. uh, both those things don't happen with me Hmm. um but um sometimes you know um you might feel some days not waking up you you might feel wake um, um i don't know sometimes people i don't think it's a normal thing that you don't want to wake up in the morning i think it's a abnormal thing again so uh, sometimes you just um, um i don't know don't want to get out of bed or something like that i guess but we feel that 100 times more and sometimes i feel like you know there are some days on stretch like for one month or one and a half month where i feel and i feel like why am i alive you know that's oh. basically the nicest way to put it it's oh. more it's like the extreme uh, phase of self hatredness exactly that- it's not self hatred exactly it's just you know it's not self hatred it's just depression it's just sadness it's just this void emptiness in you oh so like yeah. is it, is it not like in any in between like you're not uh, in a uh, manic state and uh, depressed state like there is no in between of this thing uh, yeah i mean i think um, there is an in between of course uh, and that is so usually what triggers my manic episodes is supposed to be now in depressive episodes i am not interested in anybody romantically at all hmm. uh, even if a boy who's extremely handsome smiles at me i don't you know i don't respond i just walk away so um usually in the manic episodes um you know i go and flirt or something like that now when i am around the triggers in both mm. the episodes mm. i am extremely manic or extremely depressive uh, oh. i don't probably am i am not around the triggers then i you know can live normally but oh. it is more like you know i it is more like me just um i still have to learn how to i i am still trying to understand my disorder mm. and i mean like uh, so the, you know whatever i told you now mm. uh, i am 22 now so i was diagnosed with it when i was 16 mm. and it took me 7 years to understand how this disorder affects me and my relations oh I, I, yeah. like can you like tell it in like a little detail about like the way it affected your family or like with your friend yeah. circle yeah sure so i mean if it's the family i think see my mother has been the biggest support so um i think it was extremely quite hard for her to adjust and even hard for my younger brother to adjust because you know i would get aggressive extremely and mm. when i was 15 16 17 i was extreme um not 15 uh, 16 17 18 i was extremely mm. aggressive mm. and uh, all you have to do is some say some one triggering sentence and i would just, you know i would just get into a fight or something like that oh. so i think it was extremely um, troubling for them mm. to uh, first adjust to it and then you know uh, then to adjust then to adjust to my aggression and not react to it oh they are not supposed to react to it right yeah and because if they, they both, react it would be even much worse yes exactly so they both never reacted to it and my mother she is amazing so i think once she realized once the psychiatrist was diagnosed that this is a disorder she started learning about it and um she she basically was like this wall between me and the entire world especially you know the extended family and the relatives so she would not let me meet with anybody because she was afraid that you know somebody might say something um, provocative or triggering oh. and uh, whoever was close that is nani or masi mm-hmm. she would say that 
my girl is troubling with this i think she said it i have no idea but i think she would she could have said it mm. so she says something like my girl is troubling with this you cannot talk this this is to my girl so and because they were nani and masi they were also extremely supportive they would never ask me or anything like that and she gave me bounce and bounce of freedom i think uh, one difference um, between any other parent and my parent is that my parent accepted it first things first acceptance hmm. is extremely important she changed herself she changed her outlook hmm. and she was extremely supportive and even though i was aggressive or something like that she had this hope that this would tone down and it did tone down hmm. and um i think uh, she gave me she um recognized me as an individual and she gave me my individual freedom she let me date boys and uh, wow. uh, she yeah and uh, she is that one mother who listens to my every story of an every other boyfriend and so does my brother and they don't you know they have never betrayed me with my secrets or anything like oh, that wow it's so, uh, like yeah. usually in you know the parents like in india it's not usually yeah. the culture we got used to exactly right i mean i i i can almost say that i have a utopian family because families like this are almost rare yeah if i true. might say so yeah so and, uh, yeah with with the, with the friends like uh, I, because with friends like uh, i guess you should stay really a long time to understand the way you work yeah. it right, for them so how did it work out with them i think so my friends um, so i told you that i did something extremely stupid so yeah. in the intermediate so i i don't think any of the friends from there took it uh, understood it so i yeah. lost all the contacts over there but in ug i have amazing friends i have uh, christy i have ashwata so i think they understand my disorder because they see me closely and they see how i am so what ashwita did is so they are amazing so ashwita saw me um, you know extremely depressive for the last 3 4 months of 2019 i was extremely oh. depressive so what she did is that so what she did is that she got a boy whom she thought would make a nice pair with me or something like that and oh. then she pushed me towards him so um i was out of my depression i mean technically i was still in my disorder hmm. but at least i was out of the depressive phase oh. so she yeah. used the trigger yeah she used the trigger she used the trigger because she couldn't see it anymore september october november december jan 5 huh. months i was completely depressed hmm. so she pushed me to this really cute boy yeah. it did not work <laughs> but then it was good you know yeah, yeah. it's a good experience you got a good friend yeah exactly yeah now we are good friends me and the boy but yeah. the crush part was always good it is always good the crush yeah. part <laughs> yeah that's cool with the, because the thing with friends it may happen is you know the misunderstanding like no not, we never had it yeah that's cool because yeah. you know uh, so whenever you were in any, in any relationship or even though it's friends yeah. or any any part whenever you go through this thing like do they understand it or do you tell like what do you think that when a person says that like they have a bipolar disorder like the empathy yeah. shown to them can they justify their actions every time whom uh, bipolar disorder people yeah so i think see i think we do terrible mistakes everybody mm. does but um i think we bipolar disorder people do it more so uh, because they are impulsive and stuff like that um uh, but usually i don't justify the mistakes i do in uh, with my disorder i take full responsibility of it 
and i also tell them that please consider that there is also this part in me and it affects my every waking and sleeping decision basically um so if i just tell them that but i don't expect them to forgive me or anything like that and yes quite a relations have been collapsed catastrophically in my life because of the disorder um but i usually don't use it as a justification because i am afraid that you know this is what it will end up as this is what people will take me as so people might say something like oh yeah you have a disorder so what does that mean to me i mean you know so you yeah. give me pain is that fine or something like that so i don't want to hear that ever so i don't use it as a justification yeah. but yes you have to consider that this person has a disorder and it is nice if you forgive them yeah, yeah. so is it any like uh, through how like is it like a never you have to live with it or it it may go away in future no no yeah, bipolar has no cure oh but sorry. you can control it oh got it I so mean, it's, yeah. it's in your control like you can manage it with yeah, your own you can manage uh, time. it with um, time you will just get to live out yeah medication changes in lifestyle um oh my god a lot of people take drugs please do not take drugs when you are depressed or when you have major depressive disorders they only make it worse but psychiatrists do prescribe sometimes antidepressants uh, no drugs as in alcohol oh thank you yeah okay got it yeah yeah so. not the drugs usually a lot of bipolar people are, are on medical drugs i'm talking about you know yeah. substance abuse drugs oh got it yeah uh, so it it it's been you know diversified subjects you spoke about so uh, like uh, did you t- took psychology to also understand this part of yourself totally yeah was it totally. worth the shot like what are you studied so that oh you could probably oh my god it's amazing it is amazing um but i think uh, more than so i was not exactly a great child i mean um okay wait i do have a good amount of knowledge in psychology but that is because you know um i am more like a Uh, i am more like a victim of a major depressive disorder or something like that. i don't okay. want to use the term victim that's bad um but yeah because i live with a disorder that yeah. is why i know psychology more but um if i have to say that which are my strong hands i would say philosophy politics and literature so i think what helped me more in dealing with my disorder is philosophy and a little bit of psychology you know i don't think i gained a lot from my ug but right now i am learning psychology a lot and it is oh my god it is i think um if there is anything which is releasing me from the clutches of my disorder then it has to be psychology and philosophy that i am learning all by myself not in the ug ug was crap <laughs> yeah 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 that that's cool because when we learn about uh, what the problem you are going on that time we can probably you know introspect much better with yeah more, in more professionally yeah i got it and thanks for coming in the podcast or it was really nice talking to you Like it was sure. kind of intense podcast I had. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, and any and anyone from the listeners want to come and talk, uh, they can DM me in my Instagram handle, Talk of Thought. And thanks for listening.